Hello and welcome to the weekly Bundaberg Now podcast. I'm Dana McGackis from Bundaberg Regional Council. Today, we have another interesting program with news and information from across the Bundaberg region. Soon, we'll hear about Alexandra Park Zoo's Cotton Top Tamarins upcoming exhibition, A Bridge Through Time, the final instalment of the Cochrane Artificial Reef History, and more. But first, here's Michael Gorry with the news headlines. Thank you, Dana. A nature-based tourism venture has been proposed on the Kalan River at Moorlands, including the construction of seven camping sites. The planned camping area is on a cleared portion of land separate from existing cropping activities. Council will consider the flood risk issues when determining the application. In other development news, a proposed 100 megawatt solar farm at Isis River has potential to create up to 250 jobs during construction and power 24,000 homes. The site on Buxton Road is near an existing substation. It's envisaged the solar farm will later include on-site battery storage. Approval would confirm the Bundaberg region's growing reputation as the solar capital of Australia. Scones were selling like hotcakes at the Bundaberg CWA drive through Scone Day this week. 140 dozen scones of all types and flavours were sold as part of the fundraiser to celebrate 98 years of the Country Women's Association in Queensland. Here's Bundaberg branch president Lynn Tucker. After we had that Scone Day last year, it became the Scone Day for August the 11th, which is CWA's birthday. Following that, we sort of thought, oh, well, we could have a scone day. Oh, no, we can't because we, you know, we can't come in here. Oh, what about a drive-through one? Some of the ladies were up at four o'clock making the scones. I thought it was only about 100 dozen, but now it's like, like 140 dozen. In other news, Mayor Jack Dempsey has called for a large air tanker to be based at Bundaberg Airport during the coming summer fire season. Mayor Dempsey says Bundaberg has the facilities and the location to serve most of Queensland. To be able to have the state government to come on board and position their main air tanker here would be a great asset, not just to this region, but for all Queenslanders. We've got the airport, we've got the infrastructure, our teams of SES and rural fire workers have done the training, we've got over 30 of our officers trained, and it also value add to already a growing airport that we have in the Bundaberg region. Thanks, Michael. Monica Banks is a keen visitor to the zoo regularly bringing her young family. And today she talks to zookeeper Laura Billing about the new wild monkeys, the cotton-top tamarinds, who make their home at the zoo. Laura, this is one of my favourite exhibits when we come to the zoo. My kids always love looking at the cotton-top tamarinds when we come in the weekends. Can you tell me a little bit about them? So we have two female cotton tops. So we've got Salita, who turned 22, had a quarantine birthday this year. And then Turbo, who turns 10 in September. So mother and daughter. um, So they both came from Perth Zoo in 2015. They moved to Bundaberg. So we're basically a little retirement village for them at the moment. Oh, wonderful. And so I've noticed that just while they're jumping around, they like to hang on with their tails. Is that predominantly how they on to the branches or so these guys use their tail mostly for balance so they won't properly wrap their tail around like other monkey species will so these guys as they run and jump you'll see their tails poking out and they use it more for that balance rather than grip okay well they're very interesting looking aren't they with their little their, their white hair on their head they're quite cute so 
Yeah, they're, they're very much noticed by their mohawks or little Einstein haircuts that they have going on. So yeah, very small little faces and then this big hairdo matches their personalities. Very good. And what do you usually feed them? What do they eat? So these guys are omnivores, so they eat fruit and veg, but also they would eat little skinks that come into their enclosure, little geckos, and a range of different insects. They also, in the wild, would eat a lot of sap from trees. So how many are there in the wild? Are they... So 2005-2006, Proacto TD did a population survey to... They get an idea of the numbers and found about 7,500 at that point in the wild. Um, due to this, they then in 2008 went to put them on the critically endangered list. Mm. And then 2012, they did another population census and found that over those years, the population was decreasing by 1.3% in the wild in Colombia. Wow, that's a huge decrease, isn't it? Yeah. such a shame for... Yeah, no, there's definitely more of these guys in captivity trying to breed that population numbers back up than mm-hmm. there are in the wild, which is quite sad to see. Wow. And I've heard that there's a special day coming up for these guys soon. Is that right? Yes. So 15th of August is World Cotton Top Tamarind Day. So, yeah, big celebration and trying to basically get that conservation through education out there mm-hmm. a lot more. Celebrate these guys and bring those populations back up. Just make people a lot more aware of what's going on with them. So by having these cotton tops here in the zoo, what does that do to contribute to their conservation? So with our guys, these are exotic, critically endangered primates. So because of this, they are a managed species. So under Australasian Species Management Program, we are currently a retirement village. So mum is 22 years old, which is very old. They only live till 13 in the wild. And about 24, 25 is the record in captivity. So once she eventually passes on, we would like to get in a male to continue helping with the breeding program of these guys, build those numbers back up. Until then, we do a lot of talks with the public and just try and do that conservation through education. So our main purpose is to get out the message out there about why these numbers are declining and the importance of them in the wild. So when can members of the public come to the zoo and view the animals? Due to COVID at the moment, days are moving here and there. So definitely check out Discover Bundaberg page on Council's website and that'll give you the most accurate and up-to-date information about when to stop by. Wonderful. Thank you for your time this morning. No, thank you. Thanks, Laura. Thanks, Monica and Laura. We're now going to hear again from Paul Donaldson and Alan and Brenda Cochran for the last instalment of the history of the Cochrane Artificial Reef. Tell us about some of the people you have taken down there and their experience and, and how it impacted uh, on their lives. Well, there are two, for instance, who at the time of uh, taking them out did not scuba dive. Uh, one was a girl who ended up as an instructor at Salties, as it was in Bundaberg at the time. Um, And and prior to her doing this course, she'd only ever come out. I was on one of the towing vehicles, skippering it. And these two girls came out with us, and I talked all the way out because they asked questions all the way out. And one of the other girls became so interested in marine biology that uh, she was a, how old at the time, Brent? About a 16-year-old? About a 16-year-old girl that she ended up uh, 
finishing her high school and went on to study marine biology, which absolutely thrilled me to bits that all our committee's hard work had achieved. So if it only achieved that one thing, mm. that was t- tremendous. Well, it did inspire a lot of um, students that wanted to do marine biology because the Christian college then took on a, a course. That's right. So it did inspire a lot of people. And overseas people were absolutely blown away. How do you feel now after achieving the whole journey, knowing that the artificial reef is out there for eternity? That was one of the phrases, ironically, Paul, that I used, that people said, uh, the wrecks are going to rust and crumble. And I said, as they crumble, they'll take pieces of coral that are formed with them. They'll form other coral mounds and soft corals, and they'll provide food sources for various species. Uh, <clears throat> so I personally feel, and Brent and I have discussed this many times, I wish we'd been able to continue. But 20 years was a, a fair whack out of us, it seven days a week. took over our life. It did. But... For what we have seen and the pleasure on people's faces when they describe what they've seen. The parliamentarian's daughter, who went for her first qualifying dive, dived on one of the light ships, was it? I think it was one of the light ships, or Serratidus, and she saw turtles, plural, large numbers, which... I think basically... Since we've, since we've, sorry, I think since we've left the committee, we've so, it's sort of faded over the years. But whenever we look at any footage and get reminded of it or someone brings it up, we think, wow. What an effort Bundaberg did. That, that our mob did. And it was, it was a mighty effort, mighty effort. And we, we got OAMs because we, Each, were, we yes. were sort of, you know, leaders Which I whatever. initially re- refused because... He wanted, he wanted me to get it and, and other people in the committee. But... Um, I was persuaded that if I didn't accept it, I was not representing the rest who didn't get it. But and then after that, I put got someone else proposed, Brenda, for an OAM. So six years later, she had one also. Thanks, guys. Look, it's been really great talking to you and getting to know the background uh, behind the artificial reef. Thank you, Paul, Alan and Brenda. Now, here's Robert McClellan from Bundaberg Regional Galleries, joined by a special guest, to chat to us about the upcoming exhibition, A Bridge Through Time. The Moncrief Entertainment Centre, Bundaberg Regional Galleries and Bundaberg Regional Libraries. And together, we're, we're Arts Bundaberg. Bundaberg. We love the arts just as much as you do. And whether you're a book lover, an arts lover or a theatre lover, the arts and cultural services of the Bundaberg Regional Council are connecting locals all in one place. To keep up to date with the things you love, Jump online to artsbundaberg.com.au. I'm down here at the Bundaberg Regional Art Gallery and I'm having a chat today with TJ from uh, TMR. How are you, TJ? Good, thank you. How are you? I'm good. So tell me about um, your role at uh, TMR. So I'm the Senior Cultural Heritage Officer for the Department of Transport and Main Roads. Um, So I cover the Wide Bay Burnett District. So um, I'm in charge with all, of all things heritage for road building in this district. So that also includes um, looking after the heritage components of our state heritage listed structures. So in Bundy, we've got Burnett and Kennedy Bridge. So I'm in charge of those. Awesome. 
So we've got a pretty exciting exhibition coming up soon, haven't we, about all the bridges and stuff. And I suppose, um, can you tell us a little bit about why you approached the gallery to have this exhibition about our bridges around Bundy? So in 2011, um, we had conservation management plans drafted for both bridges. And part of the recommendations is that we need to share some of the information with the community um, relating to the maintenance works we undertake, the rehabilitation works. And so basically, Transport and Main Roads and Road Tech um, manage the heritage recommendations relating to the bridges. So in my role, when I say I'm in charge of the bridges, I mean I'm in charge of the heritage aspects of the bridges, not, you know, running the bridges. Um, so uh, Road Tech undertake all the um, maintenance works on our bridges. And we just thought that to kind of implement the conservation management plan recommendations and to highlight what a great job um, TMR and Road Tech are doing in maintaining the heritage values of these structures, that an art gallery exhibition showcasing the works we're doing and the history of the bridges would just um, help the public understand uh, the works we're doing and why we're doing it and show that, you know, we basically want to partner with the public in sharing the history of these structures. I suppose, too, it's one of those things that maybe not everyone around the place actually knows about the history of the um, bridges and all the stuff that's involved in keeping them maintained and running. So... I suppose, will it be a good opportunity to come and sort of learn all of that stuff as well? Yes, I think it'll be an amazing opportunity to come and see all the artwork and the photographs. And um, we also have some of the um, original designs for the bridges um, on display, not the actual original ones. We've copied them, so obviously the originals are a bit precious. Um, but the bridges are so important to the history of Bundaberg through flooding events, through royalty being here for the opening of them. There's just so much history around these bridges. They're such an important social aspect of the very kind of nature of Bundaberg that we really wanted to showcase this. And we've used a lot of um, photographs from the National Galleries, um, from the Bundaberg Library and from the State Archives as well as some of our own. So um, I really hope people will come along and check it out and learn a little bit about what we do as well. Awesome. Well, there, it sounds like there is plenty to see. It sounds like a really exciting exhibition. I'm certainly excited to see it. Um, to all of our listeners, make sure you come along and check it out. And thank you for coming to talk with me today, TJ, about the exhibition. Thank you very much. It's been very enjoyable. Thanks, Robert and TJ. And to finish off today, we've got another great tune. The Arts and Cultural Services team have been working with local artists through the Regional Arts Development Fund to showcase their original work right here on Bundaberg Now's podcast. A total of 11 artists will be featured through the upcoming weeks. This week, we'll hear from Charlie Williams. Hi everyone, my name is Charlie Williams and this week I'm the featured artist for Bundaberg Now. Take a Breath is all about just stepping back from what's happening around us and to enjoy it more specifically from the perspective of a partner calming down their loved one, which someone has done for me when I haven't been able to stop worrying or even hyperventilating. Kate's lyrics really hit differently and truly did connect to me on a higher level and helped me realise the importance that 
If you do have the right people around you, all you need to do is take a breath. As an act of optimism, the podcast series brought to you by the Regional Arts Development Fund, a partnership between the Queensland Government and Bundaberg Regional Council to support local arts and culture in regional Queensland. Keep listening to the Bundaberg Now podcasts to discover more talented artists within our region. 
To keep up to date with all things arts, jump online to artsbundaberg.com.au. That's all for today. We hope you enjoyed the program. Join us next week for more news and stories from across the Bundaberg region. Bye for now. Thank you.